You are listening to the expanded weekend edition of the TDD, Tani Talk Staff, the year where we talk a daf lesson a day in a few minutes your way. Catching up from yesterday and going forward to the weekend. Got to get Wednesdays, Thursdays, Friday, Shabbos, and Sunday down, and then we come back Monday. God willing, we're looking at a little bit each day, a little lesson that we can learn from the daf. Interestingly, here on Nazir 16b, Kamara talks about an interesting word I'd like to focus on for a second before we go on to the next one. If a Nazir says, if a person says that I hereby, I am hereby a Nazir for 30 days, and he became Tame on day 30, he forfeits all the days of his term. Rabbi Lezer does not differ because the person said a whole day. Since the person explicitly specified 30 days, this implies that he meant 30 whole days. How often in our lives do we see in the world people that forfeit their lives, whether literally, that they literally take their own life, and we're not going to get into that now, or we see spiritually they're forfeiting their life, they're giving up their life, they're giving up their days, and they're giving up their aspects because of narishkeit, because of ridiculousness. We have the ability hopefully in 120 years, to get such good things done, to get wonderful things done in this life. Don't forfeit your days with Narashkai. Do what you can every day to acquire mitzvos, chesed, and Torah learning. That's what really stays with us. That's what really comes with us. And that's what really should stay with us in our days every single day. Don't forfeit your life and don't waste your life on Narashkai. Do what you can to be able to go and take that with us into the next world. And look in here on Nazir 17, here on today's staff, and we'll go forward, God willing. The Gemara talks about what if a person is in a cemetery? What is the law? Is lingering in a cemetery a necessary condition for being punishable by lashes or not? Why is lingering necessary? Why does a Nazir tell who illegally enters a cemetery not they linger in order to be punishable? Because they warn him not to enter, and he defies the warning. That's talking about the case where if he's in the cemetery. A cemetery oftentimes is a very depressing, very sad place to go, but sometimes it's necessary to remind us. Kohelis talks about how it's better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a, to a, to a wedding. Because a funeral, a house of mourning, people saying Shabbat reminds me of the fragility of life and how little we have in life, like we talked about in the previous stuff. We only have certain numbers of years. I went to a Shivakul last night and it was so depressing because the person there was a very young girl. She was hit by a car in accident in in Israel and it's so, so tragic. And you think about what the potential could have been. You think about the idea how it's called a beta chayim, a euphemism, because really that's where all the dead people are, because we're supposed to realize that this is a living life. Use the life to get good things done. Think about how those people can't do mitzvahs, but you can do mitzvahs. And we talked about yesterday, don't, f- on, on the previous stuff, don't forfeit the life. Live a life that's full of life. What is a life that is full of life? A life that is full of chesed, full of Torah, Torah, full of mitzvahs, at least every day that you could say at the end of the day, I did a chesed today. At least every day you could say, I did a mitzvah today. At least every day you could say, I did a little Torah learning today. Live a life full of chayim that you could be seen, that it's a real chayim, a real life of chayim, a real life of wonderfulness, a life of getting things accomplished and getting things done in this world that we want to make sure to do what we can in this world. Moving over to Nazir 18, Looking at the Friday daf here on Nazir 18b, 
the Gemara talks about how, what about the fact that it says written on that day a superfluous phrase that the verse is not referring to the eighth day, but rather to the seventh? Rebbe would answer you, the phrase comes for a purpose to tell you that even though he did not bring his sacrifices, the count nevertheless resumes on the eighth day. The idea being that of sacrifice, and we've talked about this before and always bears repeating, in life, in this lifetime, we need to do what we can to be involved and have some sacrifice. Yes, I would love to sleep, but my kids need me. Yes, I would love to rest, but my kids need food, need baths, need this, need laundry. My friend used to say, you could you could sleep when you're dead. You got to do what you can, very morbid, but you could do what you can to live a life, a full life, not forfeiting the life and making sure the life is full of life, but making sure that we're sacrificing to do what we can for our spouses, for our kids. Yes, I want to rest. Yes, I want to relax, but do what you can. Sacrifice a little bit. Push yourself a little farther. Push yourself a little harder. The other day, I had to cook for three families, my family, another family, and another family. One family needed dairy. One family needed meat. And my wife wanted something else for dinner. That's three different dinners because I made my kids have the same thing that the dairy family had. That's very difficult. It was a big sacrifice for me at that moment to try to focus on three things at once. Multitasking is very difficult. But sometimes in life, sometimes in our days, we need to be involved in sacrificing for ourselves, sacrificing for others, being involved in the ability to help out others. And that requires some sacrifice in our life to make sure to realize what we can do to help out those around us. A life full of sacrifices, a life to make sure that we know that we go about and do different things. The Gemara here on Nazir 19 also talks about a different aspect. Rav Papa says to Abaya here on 19b, the days that we are talking about doesn't mean that one day has passed and a second has started, or perhaps that two have passed and a third has started. Abaya did not know, so Rav Papa went and asked Rava. Oftentimes in life, we think we have to know and answer and have all the answers, have all the explanations, have all the details, and oftentimes that's not the case. We don't always have the answers. Oftentimes we do not have the answers. We don't know the answers. And that's okay. Rashi himself says, I don't know, at different points. And Rashi was a great commentator, had all the answers many times. But one time he didn't know, I think, with the Choshen or the Eifot, he didn't know how to describe it. But he says, Lee B, my heart tells me that it's this special type of thing because he saw royalty passing by on a horse and he saw them wearing a special type of garment. And he's like, this is what it must be. Sometimes we don't know. And, and the sages in the Talmud sometimes don't know either. And they go ask someone else. It's okay not to have the answers. It's okay not to know everything. It's okay not always to be involved and realize everything, but sometimes we need to be involved, ask others, and find out from others. A lot of times my kids will ask me things and I say, I don't know. I don't know. I actually don't know. And that's okay. Sometimes, oftentimes in life, we don't have the answers and we don't always know the solutions and we can tell our kids that and do what we can to be in the, involved in the world. Now let's look at one more for this weekend edition of Nazir here on Nazir 20B. Gamar talks about how they say in the West, talking about the idea, an issue, we're dealing with different people's things. Why should a witness mention terms one of two? It could be argued that having said the larger numbers, we do not say the smaller numbers. And they say in the West, there is no contradiction where the witness is counted. Different cases talking about and one witness reports that a person declared, I'll keep one. 
two terms under Zeus. The second witness reports the declarations I will keep three, four, five terms under Zeus. It's not a contradiction. The testimonies are combined according to Rabbi Shmuel's version of Eishelam, contrary to Rav, who says the person would have kept two terms under Zeus in such a case. So they're agreeing with one another. The idea being the focus of the word contradiction. Sometimes people live a life of contradiction. A person can say that he's a very kind and compassionate person, but then he goes and kills out people from his population. That doesn't make any sense. A person can say he's a very giving person, very chesed person, but he does nothing to help out in the home. A person could say, I do so much, I'm such a giving person. He does great stuff for his wife and kids, but does nothing for the community at large. We should do what we can in our lives to live a life that is free from contradiction, that is free from things that don't make sense. We should have an equitable life, an equal life, where we help out outside the house, but of course, first we help out inside the life. Don't live a life of contradiction. Avoid a life of contradiction. Make sure it's equal inside and outside. If you're giving person, give at home first, and then give outside the home. Can't be that a person is always on chesed calls, always on doctor calls, always on atzal calls, but is never, ever, ever home for their family. Chesed comes first in the home. Tzedakah, chesed starts in the home and then goes outward. So there has to be a balance where you give to the family first and then you go outside. So live a life that's free of contradiction. This has been the weekend edition. Nazar 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Shabbos, Sunday here on the TTD. And I'm your host, Tani.